well, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'll see if I can uh, get you some good content. I'm, I'm a boring guy, so I don't know what you're going to get. No, so. you're good. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, have you listened to any of these before? No, I've been waiting to get mine done because I didn't want to listen to like everybody else's and like get thoughts in my head of what I should say. But I just want <laughs> gotcha. to like, you know. Smart, yeah. smart. So once I'm done, I'll I go like back it. and listen to. Uh, to go through all of them. Yeah. I like it. So. Um, you're the last one of the bunch. Oh, hey, I'm the youngest, right? Yeah, is, is that how you did it? Did you go in order like you know Deanne and Richard? And uh, yeah, I did. The only one is I didn't I didn't get Uncle Richard. Um, oh. I just was trying to figure out. I've been spending this entire time figuring out the best way to do it, where I could piece everything together, yeah. and I haven't been able to find a great way to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> so I will eventually. Um, I just have to find a good way to make it all work and fit and uh, make it so it's not terribly difficult to do. How long so. How long have you been doing this for? You're, te- you're episode 25. 25? 25 guests? You're, yeah, you're episode 25. Nice, okay. Um, so I, I started in December last year. Okay, nice. Beginning of December, I think. What made, what made you want to do Nick, uh, Nick came to me and Becca about last summer, and he recommended that, or he wanted to keep a, start keeping journals uh-huh. and stuff like that for like for our kids okay. and he's like I think it'd be really cool to kind of share stories and things like that and um, if we keep journals for our kids and grandkids and stuff like that and I'm like oh that's a good idea yeah. downside is if great grandpa Coons would have kept journals I wouldn't have read them <laughs> because I'm just like not interested in reading yeah. at all right. but if great grandpa Coons would have had an audio recording of stories about him and his friends and stuff like that, I would have listened to that all day long. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and if my kids are anything like me, it's going to be the same kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm so gonna, it's yeah. it's really just kind of like an audio diary of the people that have impacted my life one way or another. Okay. okay so yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten a lot of interesting stories and cool. And uh, kind of seen different people's point of views and stuff like that. So it's been really cool. Nice. <laughs> um. And so now we've kind of come down to you. Okay. <laughs> um, you and I, I get mistaken, uh, not mistaken for you. I get called Jacob mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah. Like people will be like, hey, Jacob, Nick, Ben, <laughs> and they, they'll go through the names. And it's always, my dad always started think Jacob was over there doing this. I'm like, what was Uncle Jake doing? He goes, oh, no, no, not Jacob, you. You were doing this. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Um, but, uh, you were the closest uncle, like the relationship that I had with probably with me and Becca and probably Nick. Um, you were just kind of the guy that was there. Like you were the youngest. And so when we were young, like you were the guy babysitting us and you were the, you were the uncle hanging out. Mm -hmm. And so Becca made a comment to me yesterday. Um, she's like, you're going to be the Uncle Jake to my nephews. Yeah. Like, you're just going to be the fun uncle. <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, that's because I, well, I was an uncle at eight years old. So, uh, yeah. you know, I remember, yeah, when we would have dinners at Grandma Coons' or Grandma Coons's house, I'd be at the kids' table, you know, <laughs> you know, because in some ways I thought of you guys like as not nieces and nephews, just little brothers and sisters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so just having a big family like that. But, uh, yeah, I remember those days and trying to be the fun uncle, the cool uncle, um, <laughs> yeah, as much as I could. So, 
Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I want to kind of jump in with with kind of talking about your siblings. Uh-huh. Um, so you're the youngest of the eight. Um, who were you closest with growing up? Was it Jenny? Yeah, I would say Jenny. Yeah, because you know we were, you know, we went to high school together. You know, similar ages. We pretty much pretty much lived together in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. You know, we were there with Pat for a few years before he left, but uh, yes, I would say it would be Jenny. Um, and we still were you, know. cl- were you were you close with anybody else growing up, or was it pretty much just you and Jenny? Um, I mean, I idolized Pat when I when I was mm-hmm. because you know he was a basketball star. I you know he was, you know, just cool to be around. You know, um, right. I remember. I used to be the ball boy. I'm not sure if you remember that, but when I was in like he did, seventh grade, Pat did tell me that. Yeah, I was a ball boy for the high school team because it was cool. You know, I got a they gave me this cool little workout jersey, whatever it was, not jersey, but workout suit. I got teased for it at school, but it was fun. It was I got to be close to my brother and you know get them water and take some stats. And I remember taking trips with my mom and dad, my dad's old school crew cab truck. Very small. It was like mm-hmm. small crew cab. You had to sit this way when the traffic's going that way. The the tan one? Was it tan? Was it the little Chevy no, one? No, no. He had one before that. It was a blue one. I oh, think. okay. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I idolized him. Just, you know, I wanted to be like him. Um, uh, but yeah, I think Jenny and I had more, you know, kind of conversations and hung out together more. Went to TGI Fridays. Mm-hmm. Hung out with her friends, so I think I'd be, you know, I would say I was closer to her. How close? How far apart you guys? You guys are only two years apart, right? Two and a half years, or is it one and a half? Okay, one and a half years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was talking with Pat, and Pat told me kind of a story. Pat was is kind of he. When we describe Pat, like when I describe Pat, Pat's like the basketball uncle, mm-hmm. like he was in kind of just. That's was his life, and he dominated, and, and that, that was kind of his life. Right. Um, but you, and everyone's first by this, and you're not going to agree with this because this is who you are. Everyone says that you are by far, and it's not even close, the best basketball player of the family. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see, don't know about that. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had I had a quick shot. I mean, if I didn't have a quick shot, I'd have no game. I couldn't dribble. <laughs> I could get some rebounds. I could push people around a little bit, but uh, no, I, I say. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe athletic-wise, I was a little quicker, but just I don't know he had more. Yeah. Pat says Pat was like I can. I was strong, and I can you know play in the low post, but Jake could handle the ball pretty well. He could shoot the ball really well. He was way more athletic than I was. He was faster than I was. He goes. All in all, he was the best all-around basketball player that the family had. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know if he'll ever say that, but he, he was by far the best basketball player. Yeah. I just laugh because that's something that I hear all the time where people are like, Jake doesn't think so, but Jake was, <laughs> I mean, my dad told me a story about you playing basketball with his, with Curtis, Eugene, oh, yeah. Jason. Um, at, you were playing church ball. Yeah. And my dad was coaching against you. And he was like, uh, you know, Jacob's going to do this, Jacob's going to do this. I'm like, no, no, he's, he can't do that. And then you just kept doing it and you just kept doing it. 
and then they started like pick you up full court press and really and then he tells me a story of you going baseline and going up with your right hand mm -hmm. and then Curtis was in your face and you switched to your left hand midair and shot it and nailed it oh. and then everyone just looks at my dad and goes what are we supposed to do and my dad's like, you can't guard him you can't do anything yeah. yeah that was back in my younger days I can't do that now for sure <laughs> I can barely get you know few inches off the feet and I'm hoping you know if I come down I don't tear anything that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. That's fair. Well, yeah, you're gonna stick to tennis where you're on the ground, huh? I said you're gonna stick to tennis when you're on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tennis, you know, you less chance of tearing an ACL. Yeah. yeah so. Fair enough. Yeah. What is the what's your relationship been like with your siblings as you've gotten older? Uh, it's. I mean, it's it's good. You know, I've been more open. Um, <laughs> you know, I've you know. Growing up, you know, the Coons mentality, I don't know, from, from what I understand, from what I've seen, is like, you, we just kept everything inside. You know, you didn't yeah. express our emotions, and I'm kind of doing this opposite. You know, right right now, I just, I don't care. I mean, I'm old, I got two kids. You know, if they're going to judge me on certain things, and so be it. You know, so I've been more open. Right. Um, you know, I've expressed more feelings, and um, yeah, it's just, you know, I realize that, you know, everybody has their issues and what I bring up, you know, tough topics, it's like, you know, they're going to love me for me and, you know, they have their kind of own issues. So I think we definitely have, um, I mean, I don't do, I don't, I feel like I'm not a very good brother sometimes because I don't do a lot of initiating like calling and mm -hmm. that's part of my mentality is like who would want to kind of hear from me, you know, that's, that's something I'm dealing with. Um, but I think we've gotten closer, especially the last couple of years. We've done the Zoom meetings every week yeah. since COVID. So that's been kind of a silver linings. Uh, but I think we've gotten closer, I feel. so. When did, when did you feel like <clears throat> you started to not, you know, your relationship started to get closer with everybody else? Um, not with just like Jenny, but like with my dad, um, you know, the twins, Deanne, Rich. When did you feel like your relationship with them started to get closer and closer? Um, probably after Karen and I had issues about six years ago, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to open up more and like, you know, kind of I'm struggling with things in the marriage and, um, and then again, you know, last year, um, just being able to open up more about, you know, we're getting divorced and. There was shit in the marriage that was upsetting to me, and I was able to open up to, you know, certain people and express past experiences that I had and that have, like, kind of shaped who I am. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just... What kind of... I, I feel like I'm in a similar... I am kind of a similar type of, of person where... Like when I'm going through a hard time, when I'm going through something, like I'm always willing to help people out mm -hmm. and give people advice, but I'm almost never willing to ask people for help or ask for advice. Exactly. Yep. Um, and I, I am trying. It's hard for me to do that in general. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, my you know my everyone would kind of agree that you know Jake is Jake's the quiet one, <laughs> and Jake kept to himself, and Jake never really shared what was going on. You know. He, 
Jeff or Pat shared a story of you in school where everyone thought that you had a learning disability because you were having a problem reading on the board. You just needed glasses, but you weren't saying anything. Oh, okay. Like you weren't saying, hey, I can't see. You were just like, oh, this is just how it is. And like you were just letting it go. And then yeah. the teachers would come to grandma and grandpa and he's like, no, he's fine. And he's like, well, he just can't, he's just not picking it up. And like, you told him like, well, I can't see the board. So like, oh, well, why aren't you saying anything? Yeah. And and like, but that's kind of the, the kind of, the Jake that a lot of people knew was he's very closed and very kind of internalized a lot of things. Yeah. Like what, yeah. what kind of switched for you? How, how did you learn to, how did you learn to get, to do that and to be able to open up and kind of be more vulnerable? Uh, I mean, it, I, it's still hard, um, mm -hmm. but yeah. I mean, I have seen a therapist. I've opened up more to her. And um, I think just like part of it is being being a dad is like, I want my kids to come to me with anything. I want to be, I want to give them as much information as possible, you know, not to get you know too specific about things, but I want to give them as much information as possible. I want them to be open because I feel as a man, as a coon's, like we, I'm not, we weren't allowed, but we were just, from what I, what I experienced and saw, is like we just kept everything inside. And that's not, from my, from my experience the last few years, six years, that's not, that's not the key. That's not good for anybody, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I think just having kids, like, puts things in perspective. Like, okay, Jake, you, you know, you've gone through some shit and, and, um, you know, if you're going to express, you know, your feelings and someone's going to judge you on that, that's, you know, whatever. You have two kids to worry about. you got to raise them to be women and strong and independent. Uh, so definitely having kids kind of puts things in perspective for me. Um, not giving a fuck what people think sometimes. Uh, I'm still trying to learn. And I'm still like, you know, I'm still like I still have that mentality of like I don't want to I don't want to ask people for help. I mean... Like even at work, like there's some things I don't want to ask people because I feel like I'm a dumbass. I don't. I should know this, and I don't. Uh, feel insecure, kind of a bit, a little bit about it. But yeah, I just you know, it's it's still a work in progress. <laughs> at Forty, almost forty-four years old. So <laughs> learn it young while you can, um, and just know that the people around you will love you for who you are. Um, know who who. You, know who you truly are, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, I found that that giving, that not giving a shit mentality is starting to kick in. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, you know, I, especially where I work, like I'm very capable, like I know, I know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and I trust myself, I know what I'm doing. And, you know, sometimes, especially with, with people, like just customers and I'm going into their homes, yeah. like they're just like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. I'm like, okay, I have to like listen to this 80 year old woman berate me yeah. about how I don't know what's what's going on, and I have to like be as calm as possible right. to talk this person through, without wanting to just you know tombstone her or whatever <laughs> it <macro>. is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's I uh, I talked with one of my neighbors, and that's one of the things that he's worried about. His son is very like, he's a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm kind of that same, that same mentality, which I think I get from Grandma Coons. Like Grandma Coons is a big people pleaser. Right. 
Um, and that that's something that I've learned over the years and that he's told me, like my neighbor told me that he wants his son to learn is like, you're not going to be able to please everybody. Right. And he goes, and so the, the younger you can learn that like not everyone, you're not gonna be able to do everything for everybody and that you've gotta be able to take care of yourself and do what you feel is right. Like it's a lot, it's a hard lesson to learn, mm-hmm. but it's a lesson to learn young. For sure. Cause I really didn't start, I really didn't start not caring what people thought until about two or three years ago. Right. Where I'm just kind of like, you know what? Like, I am who I am. I'm going to make mistakes. I might make some stupid mistakes, but I'm going to do what I do. Right. And, you know, whether it's my parents or my siblings or some of my really close friends or whoever it is, they may not like what I'm doing, but, like, it's something that I've got to learn for myself, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. Um, I mean, and all, it's, it's been learning. difficult. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge learning curve, but, like, I'm kind of in that same boat as trying to learn young to not focus on, you know, I focus on very, like, you know, my parents' opinion, I care a lot about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, same with my siblings. And I try to keep it to as small as possible where, like, my parents tell me something that, hey, this is really dumb or you're not doing this right or it's wrong. Like, I take that more into consideration than some Joe Schmo on the side of the road <laughs> right, saying, yeah. well, you're doing it stupid right. kind of thing. Um, but it's it's just been, uh, you know, it's been interesting to know you growing up. You know, I felt like I've, you know, I don't how how old were you when I was born? Ninety six. Ninety six. So I was I graduated ninety seven. So I must have been sixteen years old. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you were young when I was born, mm-hmm. and like I grew up around you. And I mean, I I started playing basketball because Uncle Jake played basketball. <laughs> I wore number 24 because Uncle Jake wore number 24. Mm-hmm. Like, I was doing things, and so, like, I looked up to you. Um, and that's something that, as I look back on, and, like, I hear stories about who you were, I'm just like, Uncle Jake and I are similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear that too, yeah. And, and, you know, the, you know, where we get, and that's good, and all the good and the bad things of keeping things bottled up <laughs> and things like that. And my dad's like, you've got to not do that. Like, it's going to eat at you. you got to kind of open up and be able to tell people what's wrong. Yeah, um, it's true. I mean, because it does eat at you. And if it, eat at you, eat at, if it eats at you for one year, you know, for me, it's, what, 25 years of whatever issues I had. It's like, it's just, it eats at eat you. Like, I've been, you know, I, I, for the longest time, I would tell myself I'm, you know, stupid, you know, after high school, college, just like, I'm stupid, I'm stupid, and it, that eats at you, and I'm still dealing with that, and like, Grandma Coons would always hate that, and I would like, be, like, I would like, just like, why, why do you, why do you hate it when I say that, you know, but I understand it as being, you know, a parent, like, I don't want my kid, that's a bad word, because like, I'm stupid, you know, we, we, we our kids can say, that are, we, we allow our kids to curse in some instances, like they can't curse at school. Uh, but they're at home, they drop a book and smash their finger, they can say shit, we're not going to you know, wash their mouth off of soap. But there's certain words they just can't say, that's one of them. Say I'm stupid, because mm-hmm. it, it eats at you. Um, yeah. And, you know, just learning everything when you're young, you know, trying to teach your kids... Uh, it's just, it's, I think it's just better in the long run. Get everything out, you know. So, 
So I, yeah, sorry, I'm, for sure. I don't talk this much. When I talk this much, I kind of ramble. So <laughs> no, you're good. No, I. That's kind of the goal is to get your perspective of things and your point of view and yeah. what you can share with people who listen. Yeah. All however many I don't know how many there are. Not a ton, but <laughs> whoever is going to listen. But um, I want to kind of talk about a little a little bit about your relationship with Grandma and Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's kind of had their own experiences and and things like that. Some of them line up, um, but I want to kind of hear what your relationship was like with grandma and grandpa growing up. I mean, I think it was good. They were, um, I guess I was more close to, you know, grandma Coons. She would, Mm -hmm. you know, the Indian yelp at the games and she was very (laughs) supportive and, um, yeah, it was good. It was just, you know, Sunday dinners and just parents being supportive. You know, dad, you know, my grandpa Coons, he worked a lot, so, you know, wake up at 6 a.m. and, or even earlier than that sometimes, and won't get back till, you know, 7 or 8 p.m., see him for like a half hour, so, um, but he was there, he was there for games, and he was supportive, and it was, it's, it was good, I mean, I don't have any complaints, you know, and Grandma Coons, you know, she kept up with, you know, as we get older, she we wanted to keep in touch and make sure everything was okay. She worried too much, but you know, that's <laughs> a parent. I'm sure I'm gonna worry that worry. As I'll worry when my kids get older too. But I've been thinking a lot about Grandma Coons um, because my kids are into sports, and she was such, you know, rah rah there at the games, and I miss her right that right now because. Karen's parents are, you know, not they're not. They come to the game every once in a while, um, and they have some. The girls have some relationship. They have a good relationship with Karen's mom, and I think my mm-hmm. kids would have bonded a lot with sports. So I kind of miss her uh, in that aspect. Well, I mean, I miss her in general, but just especially right. nowadays when my kids are playing sports. So, um, but yeah, growing up. Um, yeah, it was it was good. I know they were loving and supportive and there. And uh, I hear stories of like you know, Grandma Coons being, um, you know, she was mean, not mean, but like she was like she wouldn't take any shit. And, but when, <laughs> when it came to you know me and Jenny, we heard a lot like she was just kind of worn out between the older kids and she just didn't want to be right. with us. So, but I mean for. I, I was a good kid in general, so I didn't cause any problems from my understand. So, um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's yeah. That's something that the, the reoccurring thing is. Grandma was, you know, the the definition of opposites attract attract is Grandma and Grandpa Coons. <laughs> like they are from different worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Grandpa is very, you know, stone faced very this is the way and grandma was very wear her heart on her sleeve yeah. type of person completely opposites and you know grandpa was just working and working and working and he wasn't necessarily around a lot mm-hmm. um and grandma was around all the time like grandma was always there yeah and so i just that was one of the, that's the common theme amongst everybody is grandpa worked a lot and grandma was super extremely supportive of everything mm-hmm. Which that was, you know, that's kind of my experience with grandma and grandpa. Was grandma was, you know, grandma came to 
all of our soccer games yeah. when she could and fo Nick's football games and <clears throat> um, and Grandpa was working. Like, that's just kind of how it was <laughs> and what we noticed. And even when they retired and moved to Evanston, Grandma was coming to our soccer games and basketball games. Mm -hmm. And Grandpa was still, you know, he was retired, but working in the greenhouse or he was finding <laughs> some project to be doing because right. Grandpa can't just sit still for longer than 10 seconds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Unless he's watching football, of course. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's football, that's football game on, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they, they, they instilled hardworking. So, I mean, all of us, I mean, our hardworking work ethic, hardworking, hard work ethic individuals. So, yeah. that's passed down to you guys, so. Mm -hmm. um, now, with having the girls, what are some of the what are some of the lessons and things that Grandma and Grandpa taught you that you were able to take and teach your girls? Um, but definitely hard work. You know, work hard. Um, I want to instill that in my girls. You know, that nothing's going to come to you. You know, you got to work for it. Um, but I mean, I guess the main thing is just family. You know, they. They taught us that family is everything, good and bad. Um, being supportive, being there, being the moment kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's the things I can think of off the top of my head, um, yeah. which are huge, you know, because family is everything. When it comes down to it mm -hmm. in the, the day, who can you rely on, you know? Yeah. I tell my, I tell my girls, uh, I sing them a song, sort of. It's called Friends Come and Go, But Sisters Are Forever, because sometimes they nag at each other. And I bring, right. and I bring that song up, but uh, it's, it's... That's what you took from Grandma Coons is singing. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm getting it from, yeah. So I'm sure when they're, yeah, I'm sure, like, when I get older, they get older, they're arguing in the car, I'm sure I'm going to start singing some songs. <laughs> it won't be church songs, but there'll be something else, so... Fair enough. Just some nice... With corn? Is that the band yeah, that you, some corn, that, some cool, that you had? Yeah, <laughs> some Metallica or something. Yeah. Um, you know, the family is everything. Is that's something that my parents kind of instilled in us? Like, mm -hmm. as much as the three of us would bicker at each other, um, really, it drove my you know, talking to my dad, it drove my mom nuts that we would fight and argue and yell at each other and do all those things and my dad's like they're kids being kids like that's gonna happen mm -hmm. like you gotta let them resolve it things like that but you know there was a and I don't know how much you know about this but there was a time where me Becca and Nick were on some rocky roads mm -hmm. um, Becca and I thought we had a really good relationship with Nick and Nick really for lack of lack of better term is he just really didn't want much to do with me or Becca and he just that. never felt that he fit in, and he never felt that we loved him as a brother. And it came to a shock for me and Becca, because, I mean, growing up, Becca and I always, you know, our plans were always the three of us were going to stay close, and the three of our kids were going to be really close friends, and, like, we were just going to build this large group of family, because that's kind of what we were taught. And, you know, there was me and Becca picking on Nick when we were kids, mm -hmm. and... You know, me picking on Nick and Becca not defending Nick, there was a lot going on into it. And there was a rough patch there where we really weren't getting along. Um, How long did that and last? How long? I'm sorry, go ahead. Nick, that, that kind of came out when he was 18. Okay. 
Um, he graduated high school. He went off to Sheridan to play soccer. Um, <clears throat> and so there was about a year and a half, two years, where things were kind of pretty dicey. And then um, he went out with me to Virginia. Um, I basically was like, hey, man, come with me to Virginia to do sales. And he was kind of hesitant on me. I said, no, I think it'd be good for us. Like, come out, do sales. We're going to be in a different state without mom and dad. She's going to be you and me. Uh-huh. Um, and he's like, all right, fine. And he came out. And it was, I mean, it was a shit show of a, of a summer. Like, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but that's the, that's the summer we came down yeah, to see was, you guys. It was a nightmare because this is the work? The, the work was uh-huh. awful. The work, we didn't make any money. Uh-huh. Nick's health was down the drain. The upsides was going to D.C. and going to North Carolina. <laughs> the two times we weren't working, uh-huh. that was the best part of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, we, that's where, you know, we, and really there, like, you probably wouldn't have even seen that, like, Nick and I were just chill and mm-hmm. hanging out and it was a good time. Yeah. But behind closed doors, I mean, I remember Nick and I got into a screaming match after work one night about, you know, he, you know, he kind of dumped everything on me that you don't understand what I went through and what I'm going through. And I'm like, well, you don't understand, like, you don't understand where I'm coming from. And like, we weren't seeing eye to eye. And it really took like a screaming match and getting each other's face a little bit to really understand that like, okay, like where we're at is not where we want to be, but we understand each other now right. and that we can move forward from this. Um, and that's really things started turning around. You know, it wasn't overnight or anything like that, um, but we were able to start to resolve a lot of these problems. Okay. And, you know, now Nick you know, Nick lives three or four blocks from me. Oh, nice. And we're going to the gym. We go to the gym, you know, two or three times a week. And um, I've got a new Husky, and he's got two Huskies at home, so, like, oh, wow. they're familiar with Huskies. And so... Now Nick and I have a really good relationship, That's good. but it took a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's good that it got done, you know, earlier than later. So, but no, I did not yeah. know about that. So, yeah, it was that we were there were some rough times, and you know, it brings me back to, you know, Jeff mentioned something where he's like, you know, we're we're siblings and we're a big family, and there's a lot of gap between us. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we didn't like each other, but and sometimes we got annoyed with one another, and sometimes, you know, we wanted to, you know. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I wanted to punch Steve in the face, but we all know that, like, at the end of the day, we're family. Right. And we can't let these little moments in our lives, mm-hmm. no matter how long they last, like, prevent us from being there for one another. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's good. And, well, like, that's one of the things that my parents kind of instilled in us is, like, we can not like each other at times and we can be <laughs> mad at each other at times, but at the end of the day, we're all we've got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we have to do everything that we can to make sure that we maintain that and that we don't leave anybody behind or not be there for somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of the same, similar aspect of, of things. That's good. Um, yeah, that's real good. What are, what are some of the things that you've learned having the girls, you know, being, becoming a dad and especially a dad, a dad of girls, you know? <laughs> I imagine um, things are a little bit more, a little more different than if you were to have boys. But what are some of the things that you've learned is from being a dad? I'm still learning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, just I've been a little bit more patient. I've been able to do that. I'm still impatient, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> like, what, what am I learning as a parent? Um, you know, it's just that 
there's such thing as unconditional love, you know, you'll do anything for your kids. Um, you know, when they're in pain, you know, physically, you just want, you know, you want to take that pain away. Um, you always worry. I always worry, you know, with my girls, whether it's, you know, just for the mental health, you know, just growing up and having anxiety, depression, and I worry about them. Um, you know, if they'll get this gene or whatever it is, um, just trying to have, trying to hopefully, just trying to have them have the best life as possible. Um, yeah, um, it's it's been good. I mean, it's been really good. I love them so much, and it's it's rocky at times for sure. It's you know, parenting is hard, <laughs> especially yeah. solo parenting. Um, yeah, and it's they're stronger than I would than I give them credit for. You know, with the divorce, um, we thought it would just I thought for a long time it would crush them, but they were handling it pretty well, and I think it helps that Karen and I are doing it, you know, the right way. We're being cordial and being friends and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. but I'm still, I'm still learning. I mean, I, I still need to learn more patience when they get older and they start, you know, dating boys. It's like, Oh my God, I'm not looking for that. <laughs> um, I think I'm going to be more open than when my parents, um, just like, you know, it's different times with, you know, sex and stuff, you know, I don't know. I, it, it's, I don't know. It's going to be different when they get that age. Like when they talk about it, like, what am I going to say? Cause my heart says one thing, my head says another, you know, I just kind of want them to be safe and don't get pregnant, but this is years away. Hopefully. <laughs> so, uh, but like I said, I'm, I'm still learning. Um, but I'm just trying to do the best I can. And when I'm dead and gone, hopefully they said, you know, my daddy was awesome, so. Um, you mentioned kind of, you know, having them be more open with you than you were with your parents. Mm -hmm. Were you not open with your parents just because you felt like you they weren't people you could approach? Or was that something that was inside? That you felt uh, that, like you just felt like you wanted to keep it bottled in? And that's the thing is like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I go back and forth of like, if I should have been more open with my with my mom. I don't know. I, I don't know if I could be open with Grandpa Coons. Um, <laughs> maybe that's a man thing. It's, you know, that's, I, that's the last, you know, whatever, 20 plus years, 30 plus years, whatever. It's like be a man kind of mentality, you know, keep everything aside, fix it yourself. But I've been more open. And like, there were things in the past long time ago before high school, like if I would approach Grandma Coons, like, you know, and talked about this thing and like, would I be a different person? Uh, I wish I would have been more open because being a parent, you, like I said, that unconditional love is like, you know, Grandma Coons had that love. She was, you know, she loved us to the, to the end and back. So if I would have approached her, I think she would have helped me with the situation. And, but yeah, I just, in some ways I just being, whatever, just being that man, the Coons gene, or I, I felt like I couldn't bring it up. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, at the time, at the time, I feel like I couldn't bring it up because I would be, 
labeled a disappointment or something. Nowadays, having kids, it's it's like I no, I would have if I would have known now, I knew then. Is that right? Then I know now, opposite way. <laughs> I would definitely, you know, talk to my mom more, been more open. Right. So yeah. Not not on probably not. So <laughs> that's so much. That's one of the things that I have tried really hard to to do. But Nick is ultimately, I mean, Nick ultimately has been the best of the three of us of going to my parents and telling them something hard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he that when he was 18, like he went to my parents first and said, I'm not going to church anymore. You know, I don't really believe in the gospel. That, which is super, you know, you know, my parents, it's very hard for my parents to hear. Right. Like they've raised us in the church mm -hmm. and, and like it means a lot to them. And to hear one of their own kids say that, like that's a pretty kind of heartbreaking thing for them. Right. But Nick, you know, had the courage to go up and tell them and be upfront, be straight with them. And um, ultimately, you know, Nick went down a road that, I mean, Nick went down a road that none of us wanted him to go down. And, um, but because my brother went to my parents and did this hard thing, like my parents were able to, my parents were able to take what my brother was going through and have that patience with them and be like, look, he's going through time, whatever it is. And ultimately, I think that benefited their relationship now. You know, if my parents would have reacted the way, my dad says all the time, and he goes, if I would have, if Nick wouldn't have told me um, when he was 18 what he told me, I would have reacted completely differently from what he was doing when he was in college. And he goes, and I, that probably would have, I probably would have lost him, mm. like at that point. Right, that's good. Um, and without Nick being open and being upfront and telling my parents something hard and fear of being, you know, the, the disappointment, mm -hmm. like that was, uh, that could have been, it could have been a lot worse moving exactly. down the line. Yeah, I mean, that was, And yeah. that's something that, you know, I, I, me and my parents got into, uh, you know, we were kind of in a rough patch um, two years ago, year and a half ago or something like that, where... I was afraid of saying, of being honest with my parents, mm -hmm. and for that reason, and my, and my, uh, it, it hurt. Mm -hmm. Like it was, a, it was like a good chunk of time where my parents and I weren't talking, okay. and like and now like I look back on that and be like I should have just said something. Yeah. Like, I should have just gone and been like, look, like this is what's, what's going on, whether you like it or not, and that way we can all be on the same page. But you know, I hit it for a long for a long amount of time. Um, and it ate at you, right? I assume it did. Yeah, yeah, and it eats. Yeah, and, it and then when they found out, they you know they felt betrayed when they found out because I told my siblings, but I didn't tell my parents. Right. And, and then my and then I pinned my siblings against my parents, and then my parents were like, "Well, now all you guys are you know." And it does like I look back, and it hurts. Yeah. Like it hurts me to know that I did that to my parents. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's one of the things that I look back on and. Like, okay, like that's something that I want to be better at moving forward. Um, and do you think you have? Huh? Do you think you have? You yeah, I think so. I think I turn, I, I, I turn to him more, you know, I don't have a lot of, you know, I, I'm calling my dad all the time about problems with work. Mm -hmm. Like I, again, I one of the things where I'm in a position where I'm a manager okay. and I have to be able to handle, you know, these guys who don't know anything about what, what's going on and I have to train them and I have to correct all the behavior and I have to, if people aren't getting along, like I have to go through all these things and, and I, 
for a long time, I'm just like, okay, I'll just kind of figure it out and do what I do. And I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out along the way. But now I'm at the point where, like, I'm calling my dad and be like, dude, this is what's going on. And I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. And, you know, he's been in spots where he's been a manager. Mm-hmm. And with Summit, he's been an owner. So he's been in a lot of different places. And um, and it allows me to, to you know, go there when I'm a spot where, like, I feel like I should be excelling. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Like, I have to be able to, like, kind of be like, all right, this guy, my dad might know more than me in this. I have to, Get some I have to go to him and do that. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, I, I don't date or anything like that, but that's one of the things as I start to date again mm-hmm. is kind of being more open with my parents about, you know, things that I'm struggling with or going through or how to navigate that. How, so, how are you, uh, how are you dating? Are you doing like, how am I dating? Are you doing like apps or are you just, I, I try apps, uh-huh. uncle Jake, I really do, but I have never had my self-esteem more demoralized in my entire yeah. life. <laughs> Going on dating, yeah, apps. it's uh, it can be, yeah, because I'm on them too. It can be, uh, it can be, yeah, it can be a mind fuck, you know, the highs and yeah. lows, and they're like, oh my god, it's like, yeah, but I mean, nowadays it's kind of good and bad because you can kind of weed out people you don't want, so that's a good thing about apps. But for an introvert yeah. like me, I would prefer to meet someone organically, you know, meet someone out there, but I mean, I'm a homebody for the most part, um, yeah, I mean, my. My schedule is work, home, take care of the dog. The dog's a puppy still, so I panic that if I don't if I don't take care of, like I leave the dog in the kennel too long or outside too long, it's just gonna die. Which I don't know why that's a thing, but it is. Um, but you know, I Sundays I go to church and I'm I go to bishopric meetings on Tuesdays, but really I don't do. I'm an introvert in that way where. Like I don't do a lot of extracurricular stuff, yeah. so I'm like, I don't know why people aren't like lining up to date me, and then I <laughs> sit at home all day long. Right. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, you know, I've got people all the time. Like I, when I was building, when I was building the house, a lot of my neighbors were like, "You're not married?" I go, "No, I'm not married." They're like, "How are you not married?" And I'm like, "Just not married." They're like, "You're a catch, dude. How are you not married?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude. If I had if I had a dollar for every time someone called me a catch and was confused why I wasn't married." then I'd be a millionaire because I get that a lot. <laughs> but I'm just so, oh, I'm a homebody. Yeah. I don't do anything outside, which I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone to do a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do but it. It's hard. It is hard. It is so hard. <laughs> it's I mean, super hard. Especially, and I'm, I'm, how old are you? 26. 26, okay. Yeah, 40. I hear this from a lot, but like at my age, or just being an adult, it's harder to find, you know, friends it's, and I'm finding that too uh, just being a homebody too um, and just getting out there getting yourself out there and it can be demoralizing for sure sometimes so uh, but yeah yeah I mean all of the you know the girl I dated in high school I I was the volleyball manager and so like I spent every day with that person <laughs> and we were friends for a long time and then we started to date and we dated for a long time yeah. and then the girl I dated in college, we played soccer together. Or I was a soccer manager first, and then I played on the men's soccer team. Mm-hmm. So, like, we were around each other all the time, and we lifted together and things like that. So, like, it was just kind of natural. Right. And then, like, that's really the – and then the last girl I dated, we worked together. So I saw her every single – all I saw her every single day. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that's how I've met people was just by things that I've been doing. Right. But now I work with – like, I don't do – I don't play sports – 
anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I'll play rec league, but I don't play like a in a college situation. Right. I work with a bunch of dudes, so <laughs> I'm not meeting anybody there. And then that's it. Like that's all I do. So I'm like, well, the ways that I would meet people, yeah. I don't do those things anymore. And so it's yeah. <laughs> it, it's kind of a shell shock for me on how. <laughs> on how to meet new people. Yeah, just gotta, gotta be patient. Like, you know, that's yeah. my favorite word because I'm impatient as a mo. I hate, I'm so mm-hmm. impatient. I'm trying to teach my girls to be patient while in being impatient. It's not, you know. <laughs> it's pretty hard to do. It's hard to do, yeah. Fair enough. Well, man, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Yeah, no problem. This has um, been fun. It's good seeing your face. It, yeah, yeah, it is. It's been a while. I don't remember the last... Let's see. Yeah, we, Grandma's funeral. Have you been out here since Grandma's funeral? We had the family. Were you, the, you were there for family reunion? The year after? Her? Yes. Yeah, after. At the state park? Yeah. Yep, that's right. So. That's right. Um, you know, I've. And then I've just been busy with the house. And, I, bet, but, I bet you're glad to get in there finally, right? Because it was. Oh, you know, I'm so happy to be done. Awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy to be done. That's awesome. Especially now with work picking up. Yeah. I don't know how I would have done it. But I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm kind of, with how crazy everything's been, I think I've, I've deserved myself a nice little break from work. Yeah. So I've got to come out. I've got to see the new place. I haven't been back to North Carolina in a hot minute. Oh. That's what I told Mike, too, but Mike said he might be leaving. Yeah, so far, things go well. He's going to be moving to Tennessee in summer. Yeah. So, but, so uh, you can still come see me. But, i got a room, extra room here. Heck, yeah. It's just been, it's a, that's a big thing that's been great about this is, um, like I've been able to see everybody, mm-hmm. like see Deanne. Uh, Jeff came up to my new to the new house, and we talked, and um, you know I got to see Mike and Jenny and have that face to face conversation, which I don't get to do a ton. Jenny Jenny facetimes me, oh, okay. so she I see her a little bit more often than not. But that's cool. That's um, I mean, yeah. But it's been nice to get to. It's just been interesting to see because you know I don't know. My, I sat with my Aunt Lisa, my mom's sister, mm-hmm. um, and she kind of told her story and her relationship with my mom. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, those are things that I haven't heard before. And put it out, and my mom called, and she goes, that's not how I remember things happening. <laughs> and that's what kind of sparked this was like, oh, you know, I knew, I knew my dad's point of view of how he grew up. I knew his relationship with... Um, with grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. like, and I knew that he saw himself as a protector at times when it came to some of the siblings, like t- towards grandma. Like I saw that, but I, I've never sat down and I've never, you know, the experience that I know about you is like what I saw as a kid. Right. And like, there's not a ton of memories of, you know, you're not really sharing your deepest, darkest feelings with a 10 year old. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah like, like your 10 year old is not going to be your therapist, exactly. but like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 26. Um, you know, I've, I feel like as we've gotten, I've gotten older, mm-hmm. like that's when my relationships naturally, you know, it's kind of how it all works, but my relationships with you and Pat and the twins and, you know, even with, you know, Deanne's kids, Ryan, mm-hmm. Michael, like those relationships are, have gotten stronger and have developed more because of age. Right. Yeah. It's like, I can have, sit down and have these conversations, like real mm-hmm. adult conversations right. about how life's shitty sometimes yeah. and having kids is stressful beyond all get out and <laughs> right. the ups and downs of life and can look back and have a little bit more of a comparison of like you know you and i can see more eye to eye where like i always thought that you and i were similar in a lot of ways mm. I hear that too. but i don't know why i always thought that i just always thought that mm. 
but like as I talk to you, like I understand because like some of the things you're saying to me, like I'm like, yeah, I do that. I do a lot of those same things as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but like so it's like these patterns and things that I've realized that like I share with you and I've shared with Pat and whoever. Um, so it's been really interesting to to see all of that yeah. and kind of experience it for myself firsthand. Yeah, it's cool. So, yeah, this is before. I'm gonna definitely you know listen now. I can listen to the other siblings see what they have to say. Now you can listen to the other siblings. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so what's who? Who do you got next? Who's your next uh, guest? So you you wrap up the Coons side. Okay. Um, I recorded my mom a couple weeks ago, so now I'm gonna put kind of put my mom's out to kind of go with my uh, with my aunt Lisa. Okay. Um, and then I just have a I have a couple friends kind of lining up that. Um, I went to high school with and college with and kind of to kind of keep track up with them and okay. kind of keep the same pattern of kind of different perspectives of life. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are going through different things of um, whether it's their, her, you know, one of my friends and her husband are start, they've started this um, program in Wyoming for um, like, so like a, he was a social worker. So like he does. Uh, these camping trips and stuff mm-hmm. for people who are kind of struggling or whatnot. So, like, to be able to talk about certain things like that, it's going to be exciting and fun. And yeah. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen my friend in a hot minute. Like, I haven't. I haven't seen her. She, but she lives I, in Smithfield, and she's in Cody, Wyoming, or wherever it's at, okay. or Lander, or something like that. Yeah. So, but so you kind of round out the coons and nice. And on and a high whatnot. note. <laughs> and on a high note, that's what I like to hear. Um, at the end of every one of these episodes, uh, whoever I'm talking with, um, I ask them to give a piece of advice to whoever's listening, your kids, your future grandkids, you know, my kids, a piece of advice that uncle Jake has to live a successful life. Okay. Um, I, I, all I can say for what I've learned the last six years is be open uh, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to ask for help. Doesn't mean you're weak. Um, if you're struggling, it's not permanent. It might last a day or two. Things will get better. Um, yeah, and just don't be afraid to be open and ask for help. Because there's a lot of people out there who need it and that want to give it. And family is everything. And just be open and ask for help. That's all I can say, so. I love it. So. I love it. All right, man. Again, I appreciate it. Um, and hopefully I can talk to you again soon. Yeah. It's been fun. I love you. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do a great job at calling you guys. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. So. so it's just, I mean, it's a combination thing. Life gets in the way of your work. You know, I got kids, and mm-hmm. it's, it's life, you know. Yeah. It happens. So I don't take it personal. Hopefully my siblings don't take it personal. Um, you know, one day some of us will hit the lottery. We'll just move into a big compound, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, take care. All right. Love you.